PTJ podcasts are made possible by the American Physical Therapy Association. This podcast is sponsored by Eclipse. Eclipse has helped physical therapists streamline their practices since 1985. Eclipse is a comprehensive all-in-one system that handles your billing, scheduling, and clinical documentation. Find out more at www.ineedeclipse.com or call 1-800-966-1462. The complexity and the immediacy and the dynamic environment that acute care practitioners work in is what sets it apart from other practice areas in physical therapy. If you look at the demographics, we need people making the best decisions about function and rehabilitation in the acute care setting. Getting in there, into the acute care setting, is a completely different world. It's almost like they have to have eyes on all sides of their heads, and they do. Welcome to this PTJ discussion podcast, Physical Therapist Practice in the Acute Care Setting. In this discussion, Dr. Diane Jetty and one of her co-authors, Dr. Carrie Leah Havrilko, analyze the acute care physical therapist practice environment. Joining them are Dr. Sharon Gorman, lead author of the recent Nationwide Acute Care Practice Analysis, and Dr. Gail Jensen. And now, our moderator, PTJ Editor-in-Chief, Dr. Rebecca Craik. We're here today to discuss a paper entitled Physical Therapy Practice in the Acute Care Setting, a Qualitative Study. This paper was published by five individuals and appears in the June 2011 issue. I'm delighted to welcome two of the five authors, Dr. Carrie Lee Havrilko, who was a student at the University of Vermont when this research was conducted. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. And Dr. Diane Jetty, Professor and Chair, Department of Rehabilitation and Movement Science at the University of Vermont. Hi, Becky. I'm really happy to be able to discuss this paper with everyone today. To assist us in discussing this paper, we've invited two other individuals. First, Dr. Gail Jensen. Gail is a Dean of the Graduate School and Associate Vice President for Faculty Development in the Office of Academic Affairs at Creighton University, and she's also a Professor of Physical Therapy in the School of Pharmacy and Health Professions at Creighton. Hi, Becky. I'm thrilled to be a part of this conversation. This paper has so much to offer, really, as we dig deeper in what physical therapy is all about, so this will be a great discussion. Dr. Jensen wears many hats, but we invited her today because of her excellent reputation as a qualitative researcher. And last, but certainly not least, is Dr. Sharon Gorman, who has a geriatric clinical specialization and is an associate professor at Samuel Merritt University. Welcome, Sharon. Hi, Becky. I'm excited about this paper as a follow-up to our initial practice analysis and think that this is an important direction for acute care PT. So I want to give us a little bit of background. In 2007, there was a Rothstein debate that was entitled, Should Physical Therapists Practice in Acute Care Settings? Dion Jewell, Charles Magistro, and Tony DeLito participated in this discussion, which was remarkably emotional. But what I came away from that debate thinking was that there was really not a lot of evidence about what physical therapists do in the acute care setting. So I know I can't assume cause and effect, but I am delighted with a number of manuscripts that have been submitted to physical therapy about the acute care practice setting and the role that the physical therapists play. Sharon published a paper in August of 2010, and this, I think, is a really lovely next step. So I'm going to ask Diane if she will summarize the findings of this paper very briefly. Well, 
Briefly, I think we can say that physical therapy practice in the acute care setting is at its very basis, very similar to physical therapy practice in many other settings in that physical therapists focus on mobility and they are the movement specialists. On the other hand, we found a lot of differences that are related to the fact that the complex environment that is acute care today greatly influences the kind of activities that physical therapists have to do and the kind of clinical reasoning that they have to undertake. In many cases, people are in life-threatening situations and physical therapists have to make immediate decisions in a very complex environment. And that's how it sort of differs from other environments. Carrie, is there anything that you would like to add? Um, I think Dr. Jetty covered the main points that we found. I think one of the other major differences that we found from our participants is that they have a much more immediate and constant involvement with other members of the healthcare team and are constantly communicating with physicians, nurses, all kinds of other care providers that maybe in other settings physical therapists aren't doing on such a regular basis. So, Gail, I'm going to ask you to help the listeners understand why the findings of a study that has a sample of 18 physical therapists are so important? Well, the first thing it does is that it really gives us an in-depth, rich, thick description of what is actually happening in practice. And it's really talking to these therapists and getting inside their heads. So what are you thinking? Why did you make that decision? And that knowledge is often taken for granted. It just happens. Unconscious knowledge is so critical to uncovering our work and the thinking and reasoning and the important skills that from the outside, you might say we just do movement, but there are so many decisions that are made about how you use that movement, how you work in a complex environment. And you can do this with a small sample because you're getting that rich understanding of what really happens in practice, which has incredible validity. And that is so important. We need hundreds of studies like this. Sharon, would you like to add how this study links to the findings of your study? I think this is an excellent follow-up. Our initial study where we did the practice analysis that was published last year was really looking at what aspects of practice are happening, but it couldn't, because of the way it was designed, get into the heads of these therapists to try and dissect how they were making these complex decisions. It came up frequently in the practice analysis that you had to deal with immediate sometimes life-threatening decision-making in very complex situations with lots of other healthcare providers involved that was very dynamic and fluid and changeable, but we really couldn't get at how those decisions were made. And what excites me so much about this paper is that's where this paper is going. So our first paper really looked at what does the therapist have to do. This is really kind of how do they make those decisions. And it's really exciting to see this being described because I think the complexity and the immediacy and the dynamic environment that acute care practitioners work in is what sets it apart from other practice areas in physical therapy. Do any of you want to go ahead and pick up on her comment? Well... This is Diane, and I will say that a couple of years ago, another group of students and I did a study where we actually used these same three settings, and we asked the therapists to, for two weeks, identify everything they did with every patient that they saw. And we had a very extensive checklist that they used. And for every encounter with every patient, they ticked off the things that they did. 
I went to meet with all the therapists, and I think I heard from almost all of them, yes, but what we do is so much more complex than what's reflected here. Even though the lists of all the interventions and the examinations and the goals were comprehensive lists, they said, this doesn't show the level of thinking that we have to do, and we make it look easy. And our participants in this study also said, we make it look so easy that people really don't get what we do. So that's why we did this follow-up study, to try to really get at that thinking process. This is Gail. You know, there's a parallel to that. When we did our expertise work in looking at therapists in the pediatric area, if you look at a highly skilled master clinician in pediatrics, it looks like they're playing with a child, but they're not. But how do you know that? Well, you have to find out why they're doing what they're doing, what they're thinking, what's going on in that interaction and that movement. You know, the other thing I'd like to bring up, because it's a concept that I'm interested in, is this situation awareness, or you could call it other things. Do you see the Mm -hmm. context? Do you see the individual patient picture and then the system and the organization? And it's one of the primary elements around safety. And it's been discussed a lot in the airline industry and now in anesthesia and surgery. And I'd like to hear from the authors about how that connects with some of your findings. Yeah, absolutely. That theme came out in the paper quite a bit. The fact that when you're working with a patient in the acute care environment, they most likely are very ill. And many of our participants talked about the idea of the patient being medically stable to be treated. And we spent a long time investigating what they meant by that, you know, what information they were using to make that decision, what kind of things that were taking into consideration as far as is it safe to move this person? How is it safe to move this person? And it takes integrating a lot of information that isn't necessarily specialized physical therapy knowledge, but is medical knowledge that needs to be integrated on a really continuous basis when you're treating someone. And I think that the environment in acute care can really be overwhelming and trying to integrate all of that information is a very difficult skill to learn and to practice on on a moment-to-moment basis. I would also add that it seemed to me that our participants are able to hold in their head an amazing amount of knowledge about, for example, lab values and oxygenation levels and norms for pressures in the heart and all of the things. And they're almost, without even thinking about it, looking at the monitors and figuring out what the information means and making adjustments and looking at the patient. It's almost like they have to have eyes on all sides of their heads, and they do. And I don't think that they really know that that's what they're doing. They do it just implicitly. Yeah, that's very consistent with Pat Benner's work in nursing. This clinical knowledge is so rich and deep and unconscious that you have to really interview, talk to somebody, have them think aloud to get it to come forward. This is Sharon. I loved your comment about the pediatric study because for me that really looks exactly like what acute care practice at a high level can look like. It looks like you're just walking the patient or you're just getting Mm -hmm. them into a chair in ICU when all of the complex decision-making is happening in that person's head. And unless you're talking to them or you're interviewing them after, like the authors did in this paper, you, you can't see that thinking happening moment to moment to moment. And I really think acute care practitioners, for the most part, understand this. I don't think even all of them understand how much they're actually doing. But I really think some other physical therapists in other settings don't really have such a great idea of exactly what happens in acute care today. 
patients are much, much sicker. They have much more medications, much more laboratory values and monitoring devices. There is so much more information that a therapist has about their patient. And we're seeing people that years ago we would never even be in the room with. And I think that as a profession, we need to acknowledge that healthcare has changed dramatically in the hospital and acute setting. And therapy has actually kept pace with that for the most part. This is Becky. I think one of the interesting things about your comments is that when you look at the participants, the range of experience, some of them practice as long as 32 years, but there are clinicians in your sample that have been practicing for about two and a half years in this setting. And I think that's another insight for me was to recognize the complexity that a clinician takes on early in their careers. This is Diane. I'll add one piece of insider information, shall we say, and that I do know the people in these facilities, and at least in one of them, they have sort of philosophy, let's get the new grads and train them up right. (laughs) They have an approach to acute care, and they want to make sure that they actually bring in the young people and educate them and help them to adapt to the acute care setting so that they can provide the standard of care that this particular practice expects. I think I'm going to segue into education for at least a little bit. And Diane, you're the immediate past president of the education section. And again, what strikes me in both Sharon Gorman's paper and this paper is how complex the acute care setting has become. So Diane, are we preparing students at entry level to practice in the manner in which you saw? I think that there are a couple of issues that we probably have to consider as educators. And one is, do we have the expert faculty in the various physical therapist education programs to educate students at the level that they need to be educated at? And I'm concerned with the faculty shortage in general, but also in terms of this particular specialty area being, I'm going to sort of lump them together, the cardiovascular pulmonary acute care therapist. The other issue that we need to consider is, do we provide acute care experiences for our students in terms of their clinical education? And I believe that in many programs, it is not a requirement, or acute care has been defined somewhat differently to mean any patient that's inpatient, which could be an acute rehab setting, not just an acute care setting. So I'm not sure that we're educating all students. The other issue that I think that we should consider is most of our students come to us and say, I want to be a sports therapist or I want to work with children. They don't ever really consider acute care. Maybe Carrie could add some perspective since she's a recent graduate. Um, Sure. Getting in there into the acute care setting is a completely different world. You know, no matter how much knowledge you have in your head about lab values and what this means and what that means and what you expect to see, it never goes like you are going to expect it to. You know, you've got all the noise and all the people and everything is going on and needing more time to integrate all the things that you're seeing and observing and experiencing is just, it can be overwhelming for students. And I think it is critical to get people experiencing that environment. And if there were a way to start doing that in the classroom you know, just working more with all the lines and tubes and equipment and physically doing it and having to make those moment-to-moment decisions, I think would be really helpful. 
This is Sharon. I want to follow up on what you had to say, Carrie, because I find that really exciting. I'm going to pose the question, is there a place for a physical therapy appropriate simulation in education programs to at least attempt to get students somewhat familiar with the challenges in these settings? We have a simulation center at Samuel Merritt, and I've started trying to integrate that into some courses when we cover acute care topics. And it is artificial. I mean, it's a mannequin or it's a person dressed up. But it feels real. There are a lot of the same noises. They do have to pay attention to the monitors. They do have lines that look like they're coming in and out and are actually running and making noise. But is that one way to further the didactic end of education in this kind of care? But I think there is only so much you can do in a classroom or even in a simulation. This is Gail. Simulations are really very robust in nursing and medical education right now and emergency medicine, EMT, paramedic programs. I think there are all sorts of opportunities to link arms more with those other health professions. Okay, I'm going to switch us one more time. I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that it's really clear from Dr. Gorman's previous paper, this current paper, and other manuscripts that have been published recently that acute care practice is a remarkably complex setting that requires high level of expertise. So is it an entry-level skill or is it a specialization? My feeling is that if we think about entry-level as a mentored experience, which I would like to think that it is, that it can be entry-level. This is not a setting where an individual who is a recent graduate can just be given a list of patients for the day and say, here you go, do your work. It has to be in an environment where there are a lot of support systems so that the new graduate can begin to understand the critical nature of communication, the quick dynamic assessments that they have to do, and that they can be supported when maybe things don't always go exactly the way they would like them to go. This is Sharon. I would completely agree with that, but I think it's kind of a continuum, and what you want to do with that mentored exposure is to progress the person along until hopefully they get to a level that would be recognized as more of a specialization level, and then hopefully those people can then become the mentors for the incoming people, which is what I think a lot of facilities do because that's what they have to do because you can't hire a new grad and hand them a patient list and send them off on their way they will be overwhelmed and they probably won't do enough therapy for some patients and do way too much for others. And that could be dangerous because of the acuity of these people. I think that one thing that looking at it as more advanced practice helps with the image building, which is probably needed in the profession, as this is an important area that physical therapists need to be in to meet societal needs, which will only increase. So we need to think about what our collective responsibility is in making that happen. I think that's my thought, Gail, because as was discussed earlier, there are very few who come into physical therapy thinking they want to go into acute care. But when you go into these outstanding acute care settings, you find physical therapists that have practiced for years and are not there because it's a cushy job, but absolutely the kind of job that's described in this paper. They love their jobs. And so how do we help others understand the value of acute care practice, I think, is is why I was asking about the specialty. 
So as a final question, I'm going to ask each of you whether or not you believe that acute care should become a specialty. And I'll start with Diane. I think that we probably should call it a specialty. I think that there are many skills that we do not find in any other area of practice that physical therapists working in acute care have to have. And Carrie? I agree with Dr. Jetty on that. I think that I definitely, as a new grad, would not feel equipped to go into an acute care setting without the type of mentorship that she was describing, similar to the way I would feel about going into a pediatric setting. And I also got the chance to do a clinical in pediatrics. I think there's absolutely a huge amount of specialized skill needed there that just isn't found in the other practice settings. And Sharon? Uh, wholeheartedly, that was one of the things we were interested when we did the practice analysis was to see could there be a place for acute care specialization. And I think this paper took that to a whole new level and really backs up what we were really thinking. And I am very excited because I think that's the direction we should go. And I have to ask this before I ask Gail because I'm going to give Gail the final word. Do you see a distinct difference between a specialty in cardiovascular and pulmonary and acute care? I do. There is definitely some overlap, much like you would see with orthopedics and sports. But I think the fact that an acute care specialist really has to deal with all of the body systems, like cardiovascular pulmonary specialists don't just deal with that system. But the knowledge base in other systems like musculoskeletal and neuromuscular and integumentary being much higher, really just focusing on what do we do when people are acutely ill. And Gail, I'm giving you the final word. Well, then let me make a moral argument <laughs> that, I, that I, I think that I, I agree with everyone about it should be a specialty. It helps the profession. And when I think about what's going to happen to people and where people go, how much of that rests with physical therapy? And if you look at the demographics, we need people making the best decisions about function and rehabilitation in the acute care setting. So I think it's a professional responsibility that we have to own up to. That's a wonderful way for us to end. I thank you all for a really exciting, dynamic, and I think hopeful discussion. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Send us your comments or suggestions about this or other PTJ podcasts via email, ptj at scienceaudio.net, or voicemail, 626-593-7825. This has been a production of Science Audio online at www.scienceaudio.net.